Remember when we talked about that awful case with Pyang Naidon, the maid from Myanmar who was murdered in Singapore? Well, today we've got a different kind of story about a maid, but this time, the maid isn't the victim. This case has really shown the public and the government something shocking. There are a lot of maids being sent to work while they're still way too young. These young girls, they barely have anyone they can talk to or relate to. It makes their job really tough, especially when they end up in situations where they're being mistreated. So let's dive into the sad story of Zin Mar Nue. So when young maids get sent to another country, and it's not exactly by the book, they end up having to handle all sorts of jobs. We're talking about looking after kids and caring for the elderly, and they do all this without any official qualifications. Their stay is basically illegal because their agencies sometimes fudge the numbers a bit, changing their ages so they meet the minimum age requirement for maids in the destination country. And the Singapore Ministry of Manpower even found out that many of these maids have fake IDs to hide their real age. Now about Zin Mar Nue, born in Myanmar in 2001, we don't know a lot about her early life, other than that she came from a family that didn't have much money. That's a common story for many maids. These maid agencies in their home countries, they recruit and train both men and women, luring them with a promise of better pay abroad, especially when they don't have much education to fall back on. But Zin was really young. She was just 17 when they registered her. Her agency changed her birthday to make her 23, which is the minimum age for working as a maid in Singapore. And that's where Zin was headed. Zin Marnue lands in Singapore in January 2018 and immediately starts working for a Singaporean family. But soon after, she switches to another family, and by May 2018, she's with an Indian family. We'll call them the Sashi family, like they do in the court documents. So Zin ends up living with them at Block 791, Chuo Kang. For the most part, her job with the Sashis was pretty standard washing dishes, cleaning the house, looking after the kids. The family treated her decently, just like anyone else, and there was no violence or anything. But then, everything changed about 16 days into her job when a visitor came to stay with the family. Now, this visitor was the family's 70-year-old mother-in-law, and her treatment of Zin was a whole different story. According to what Zin herself said, this lady was tough and even violent with her. Zin had to be perfect in her work or else she'd get scolded. And it wasn't just words. The mother-in-law got physically abusive. Reports say it started with verbal attacks, then escalated to using objects to hit Zin. The mother-in-law apparently thought Zin wasn't efficient and couldn't follow simple instructions. So Zin would first get slapped maybe three times a day, and then it got worse. Things like ladles were used to punish her for any little mistake. 
there were a few incidents that really show what Zin had to go through. This one time she was massaging the old lady and might have pressed too hard. We don't know if she did it on purpose or not, but she ended up getting a hard slap across her face. Then there was this other incident in the kitchen. Zin had turned up the stove too high and the old lady accidentally burnt her hand on it. That made her so mad that she actually grabbed Zin's hand and pushed it towards the fire. Another time, Zin accidentally dropped a spice box lid and it hit the old lady's foot. That got her so angry that she hit Zin on the head with a hot pan. And there's this one incident that's a bit unclear. The mother-in-law asked Zin to cut her toenails and something must have gone wrong. Maybe Zin cut it too short because she ended up getting kicked in the chest. Mr. Sashi, the son-in-law, he knew they weren't getting along, but he didn't think much of it. He never saw Zin complain and she just kept doing her job like nothing was wrong. She woke up at 5.30 a.m did her chores, went to bed at 11 p.m. She was getting paid well, about $450 a month, and never showed any signs of distress. So the family just thought it was some issues with the old lady being too picky. But not stepping in and separating them turned out to be a big mistake. On June 25th, 2018, it started like any other day. Zin got up, made breakfast, and the kids went to school, the parents to work. Being left alone with the elderly woman was not easy. She was always nagging and hitting Zin. The Sashi family would give Zin chores in a normal way, but the old lady, she was like a dictator with her demands. That day, the sequence of events began with Zin being asked to clean the old lady's room. After completing this task, the elderly woman, who was relaxing on the couch and watching TV, asked Zin to make her a cup of coffee. Zin did as she was told, as was typical in her role. But something about Zin's actions didn't sit well with the elderly woman, though it's not clear exactly what upset her. The point of contention is a bit of a mystery, but there's talk that Zin wasn't quite getting the instructions right and was a bit slow in her duties. This seemed to irritate the elderly woman who made a significant remark. She threatened to send Zin back to her agency the next day. This comment was the tipping point for Zin. For Zin, her job was everything. It was her only source of income, and she was also dealing with a debt of about $3,000. Being a foreign maid is a costly affair with expenses like paperwork, healthcare, and housing, which the agency pays up front and then deducts from the maid's salaries. Being sent back would not only mean a loss of income for Zin, but also an inability to pay off her debt. Faced with this overwhelming pressure and the constant mistreatment, Zin reached her limit. She went into the kitchen, grabbed a knife, and at that moment, she later said, her mind just went blank. She approached the elderly woman who was still watching TV. In a sudden and violent outburst, Zin attacked the woman, stabbed her repeatedly, the struggle was intense, with the women screaming as she endured the assault. Zin focused her attack on critical areas, the heart, lungs, and neck, leading to severe blood loss for the old lady. 
It was only after the woman collapsed that Zin came to the realization of what she had done. In a state of shock, she saw that the woman was dead, and she knew she had to flee. During this commotion, a neighbor became aware of the disturbance, hearing the screams and noise. The neighbor alerted the Sashi family, suspecting something was amiss in the house, though they didn't check themselves. Alarmed by this, the Sashis hurried home, arriving at around 3.9 p.m. And there, they met with a horrifying scene, the elderly woman lying lifeless in a pool of blood with Zin nowhere in sight. The police were promptly called to the scene, along with paramedics. But unfortunately, by the time they arrived and assessed the situation, they pronounced the elderly woman dead at 3.29 p.m. as she was beyond medical help. The police immediately suspected Zin, given her sudden disappearance, and began questioning the Sashi family. The Sashis described their relationship with Zin as cordial, but noted that the relationship between Zin and the victim was strained. Meanwhile, Zin had made her escape from the flat. She took some cash and an easy card with her and tried to disguise herself by wearing a khaki long sleeve skirt and a white headband to cover her dark hair. She left her belongings behind to facilitate a quicker getaway, which the police kept in mind during their search for her. The manhunt for Zin was underway. After the tragic incident, Zin found herself aimlessly wandering around Singapore for approximately five hours. In what appeared to be a state of confusion and distress over the gravity of her actions, she utilized various modes of public transportation, including buses, the MRT, to avoid staying in one place for too long. Her physical and mental exhaustion was evident, as reports suggest she was both tired and hungry even stopping to eat alone at a hawker center, which must have been a miserable experience for her under the circumstances. Ultimately, Zin made the decision to retrieve her passport and leave the country as a way to escape the situation. She hailed a taxi to her employment agency, leaving some money and a bloodstained note in the backseat. Initially, she denied that these items were hers, but the cab driver found this particularly strange, especially in light of the police announcement about a maid on the run for murder. The police, however, were closing in on Zin swiftly. Just five hours into their investigation, they located her. Upon her arrival at the agency, the staff, already informed of the situation, threatened to contact the police. While it's unclear if there was any confrontation between Zin and the agency staff, the delay provided enough time for the police to arrive and apprehend her. During the interrogation that followed, Zin initially denied any involvement in the murder. She concocted a story of a robbery, claiming that two men were responsible and providing detailed descriptions of them. This seemed to be an attempt by Zin to redirect the narrative towards a robbery that had escalated tragically. But why would she flee the scene if she was innocent? Why did she not contact the authorities immediately, instead choosing to wander the streets for hours and attempt to retrieve her passport? The police didn't buy her story. Zin Marnoua's admission to the stabbing came after she initially gave several conflicting statements. She also shed light on the mistreatment she had endured from the victim, which played a role in her reaction. 
Fearing the prospect of being sent back home and facing her mounting debts, Zinfeld cornered. This all culminated in her trial on November 9th, 2021, three years following her arrest. A significant revelation in her case was her actual age at the time of the incident. A bone age assessment at Tan Tok Seng Hospital indicated that Zin was likely only 17 years old, despite her passport falsely stating she was 23. Nevertheless, her age did not exempt her from facing trial for her actions. She was charged with murder, a serious offense that potentially carries the death penalty or a life imprisonment with caning. The gravity of the crime was underscored by the fact that the victim suffered 26 stab wounds. In court, Zin's main defense was that her head wasn't in the right place. Dr. Tommy Tan said she was dealing with a mix of anxiety and depression, which really messed with her mental state. They said she was in this dissociative state when she did it, like she wasn't really aware or in control of what she was doing. So they were trying to show that her mental health at the time should be a big factor in how the court sees her case. To get to the bottom of Zin's mental state during the incident, the prosecution called in Dr. Alias Lijo, a government psychiatrist. He had a different take on things. He argued that Zin wasn't suffering from any kind of diminished responsibility when she committed the murder. According to him, she knew exactly what she was doing and didn't have any mental issues at the time she carried out the stabbing. Plus, the court noticed that Zin had made some calculated moves to plan her escape right after the crime. After 11 days in court, they reached a verdict for Zin, who was then 20 years old. She was found guilty of murder. The court concluded that it was intentional manslaughter and that her responsibility wasn't lessened by any mental health issues. Now, Zin could have been facing the death penalty or life in prison for caning, but since she's a woman, the caning wasn't an option. The prosecution decided not to go for the death penalty, so she received a life sentence instead. So that's the wrap up of Zin Marnwe's case. Even though the treatment she received from the old lady was overly harsh, it doesn't justify what Zin did. She's now in Changi Prison for Women, and we haven't heard much about her since. It's a really tragic situation all around. It makes you think about who's really at fault here, but at the end of the day, Zin is serving time for her actions. That is all for today. Thanks for watching.